Hey everybody, this is Belgarian and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgarian series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode six. This season we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter five. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe, a publishing company focused on magical realism, all forms of magical realism, including guided meditation. And I'm here with my partner in delights in podcasting, <laughs> Alicia Seymour. Hey guys, I'm uh, Alicia, fantasy author and uh, co-founder of our own publishing house, Turtle Sea Books. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Good to see you back. And by our own, it doesn't mean she and I have a publishing company together. It means yes. that she has one with another person and it's awesome. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be talking about that in my week. Oh, let's do that then. Okay. Welcome to Paul Garris Cup. What's in your potion? Oh, my potion. Yeah. Uh, is. It is warm water with lemon. That is what I drink every morning. I have for years. Um, and it just felt like, as I was thinking back on the week, it, it felt like a soothing kind of cleansing type of week. Cause there were some like little upsets, but then I was able to move above into the awareness of what it, what is it that I'm really needing to get out of this, either the situation or this person or the words that were just said to me. Um, and so when I would do that, there would be a sense of peace. And on Sunday, it was, it was a strange sensational day of, I felt really peaceful, yet there was still kind of this little, like this, it felt like this inside of me, just like, urging me to go do and I but then I would always just say no I'm good and I sat outside for so much of the day that day I didn't even really engage with my kids that much they were fine they were happy inside playing together and on their tablets and whatever else you know um some video games I think and so that day was really interesting I feel like that was almost um I, I made a shift that day. I was just about to say that that all of the things you're talking about, the mm -hmm. the the like the vibration inside that kind of just just not quite together and just not quite together. Yeah. That's that's all like signs of shifting, shifting energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a I don't know there was something still trying like it was it was like so close to everything was just together mm -hmm. like one oneness mm -hmm. but then there was almost still that little energy trying to allow it not to be yeah uh -huh. but 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 it seemed like I overrode that um, that's that's it was, interesting yeah it was an interesting sensation it is totally and so it's and it's I don't know about you, but the f it's been years since it bothered me. But the first few times it happened, because they're so far apart, especially as well, I got quite a fright because it is a really 
physical sensation but not physical yeah yeah it is and then i would i would want to like feel like i had i had to go pick a fight or or do something yes i had to go create some turmoil in my day yes. it, didn't, it didn't feel right that it was this perfect <laughs> so great that is so perfect yeah just a little bit of resistance resistance it's too good it's too good it's too good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I didn't do it I didn't I didn't I just continued to enjoy it and um you know I also have I've been a lot like moment to moment then the presence has been deepening for me Uh but there's also couple of people you know connecting like with us for example is one of them but and a couple others I connect with either on a weekly daily basis and that is also um, those people in my life are allowing me to open up a lot more too and so you know all of that was going on all week and then we're this week on turtle sea books that I'm doing with my partner who's also a writer and and she's an editor. Her name is Christy, but we're, we're going to be live on Friday. So the website, the do it yourself course is going to be live. And then we're going to plan, you know, a type of of webinar to teach, Mm -hmm. to lead people into like, these are the packages we have for you. And Mm -hmm. and the webinar is going to explain like how we can really help them. So Mm -hmm exciting sweetheart i'm so excited for you yeah it's a lot of fun brilliant it's it's amazing how like this morning i was putting together i've been putting it off and i can't anymore of of trying to build an author agreement so that they have to sign and we're all on the same page Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i was really scared i thought i need to hire somebody who knows how to do this i don't know how to do this i'm gonna miss something and it's going to be too late. They'll have already signed it. And, you know, then we're stuck. But then I started Googling around and found some examples. And I actually found like a publishing house agreement. And so I started putting it together for us. Mm-hmm. And it's already almost done now. And I thought I was going to hate it. I was like, this is going to suck. I don't want to do this. And I ended up really enjoying the process of it oh well done so it's interesting how this this whole path has taught me different sides to myself that I didn't know I would enjoy being like the project manager mm-hmm. you know you know but well done open up just be open to what's happening now mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> mm-hmm. very nice <laughs> So how about your cup? How was your week? So this week, my potion has been water. Water and water and water and water and water. Liters of water. I've been really, really pouring myself into uh, recording vocals for Goddess Kindled Miracles, which is the course that goes live next year. It's a year-long course, and we're in the beta phase of it now with a beautiful group of women. Mm-hmm. And it's based on A Course in Miracles and it's every day that's a lesson and contemplation and meditation and big spiritual work. So it's it's an entire year of this. And so yeah. I'm recording, I'm, I'm editing 
her, all of the text and then recording a lesson every for every day. 365 plus pieces of separate pieces of vocal. And it's like really intense. But this week I sort of rededicated myself to it. My producer got me back on task and she's had me get back into warming up my voice and doing vocal exercises before a recording session to just really get my voice at a really lovely, you know, lovely pitch. So um, I've been doing that. So every day I've been choosing like an album, like a favourite album, and then singing for 10 or 15 minutes and as well as doing vocal exercises, humming and up and down and all of the things and relaxation breathing as I'm singing. And so it's really, um, really wonderful and interesting. Like the, my breath and my voice starts when I start, it starts at about my mid chest, like just that my solar plexus, I'm singing and breathing to there. And then I know that when my breath reaches all the way down to my pelvic floor, like right down there in my base chakra, and that's yeah. where the breath and the voice is flowing to and coming from. I know that real, like almost immediately after that, my voice hits that lovely, deep, resonant pitch where it's just creamy and lovely in the, in the microphone. So, <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. I've been, and I've been enjoying it more because I am more relaxed when I start recording. Yeah. I enjoy it more. I'm more present and grounded. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of work. It's a <laughs> lot of work. Yes. Like how how many days have you recorded already? Uh, you know? I can tell you exactly. How many ways to go? <laughs> yep. So audio i've recorded 138 separate pieces of audio okay so far and for the entire course like audio and all the text components as well yeah i've yeah. created 654 separate pieces of content <laughs> oh goodness oh goodness well like we said before, like this is the creation year, but after that, it can just be evergreen all the time. It's so holy shit, darling listeners. It's intense and it's fucking glorious as well. Like all of this divine feminine magic coming through and tipping all of the uh, well, Christian language on its head i love it so christ has become mary and god has become goddess and lord has become lady and father has become mother and it's just like all of these rich feminine archetypes that come flooding up through me every day through this work it's really powerful mm -hmm. it's really powerful and it's unstitching it's a great unstitching for anyone who's ever been even slightly wounded by a religious doctrine that they were tied into and feel trapped inside of if that has ever happened this is such a great kind of unpicking of all of that and discovering 
I'm discovering well, like prejudices and opinions that I never knew I had because mm-hmm. they're so like deeply rooted in upbringing, you know? Yeah. So it's been very interesting. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing all freaking day, every day <laughs> for most of this year so far. <laughs> right. Right. It's a lot, but it is, it's really good. It's, you know, so it's going to be so worth it. Yeah. When you can go through it again next year and you don't have to do all the content creation, you can just be present through the course with everybody, you know? Yeah. So I'm still working out how that's all going to be set up, but yeah, we'll talk about that some other time. Awesome. Time for Garion's view. What's the chapter? Oh, yeah. They... So they're going through Maragor, <laughs> but in, they're all under ant poles. Uh, I don't know if it's a spell, but I call it a spell. And Gary, and though he doesn't fully go to sleep, or he does for a moment and then wakes wakes up part way to where it's like his. Now I'm going to talk about this later, more about that piece. But it's like his mind is awake, but the rest of his body's still like non-reactive. He doesn't really feel like he's afraid. He's not reacting to all the horrors he's seeing. And, um, but what happens is the voice in his head starts talking to him and saying they finally are able and free to talk. And so he gets a lot of information from this voice. Um, and then he's also hearing Aunt Pole and Mr. Wolf talking more about Maragor and what happens there which was really cool um and then of course it ends on a cliffhanger of like yeah. I forget exactly what it was what it was but yeah like the, dan- it, some it dangers ends, of right yes it ends on danger of danger 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 will robinson and i'm like oh <laughs> like this next chapter i want to read it i have to wait yeah are you sure well, you're not reading good. ahead are you sure no i am not okay I cannot lie without you being able to tell. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my, I don't know if you call it a strength or a weakness, but. Yeah, it depends which point of view you've got at any particular time, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So when it starts, we're in Garion's mind and he is coming, coming awake and they're, they're just like, the group is just get going, sort of being moved. I'll say being moved because they're like kind of in their bodies, but they're not aware of what they're doing. They're like sleepwalking because Aunt Paul's done this spell. In the text, it's called a compulsion, a compulsion to sink deeper. And it's, it's called protective unawareness, which I really like to sink into protective unawareness while they're moving through this, um, what is has been touted to be this very dangerous place where they can't be awake or they'll go mad um, into Marigold. So it really hasn't been like, he's, 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 it says he doesn't think it was long before he woke up, but it's almost instant because in the text, they're just going to get back on their horses. And so one would imagine that it's only been like mere minutes between mm-hmm. Aunt Paul doing the spell and them mm-hmm. going to get on their horses to be on their way because they're in kind of a hurry because they're, you know, running away from 
their pursuers. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that it was not very long. That he woke up, you know, semi woke up from that. Mm. And it's interesting, it goes through talking about how he's aware of the difference, like he's not awake. There's part of him that's awake. Um, Says his mind was awake, his emotions seemed not to be. Correct. And I love this metaphor for ego and higher consciousness, you know. Ego is still asleep. Higher consciousness is awake, aware, the observer. He's like being his own observer and the observer of everything around him in a detached way. So there's no, there's all this like complete non-attachment. Yeah, that's true. And you know what else? This, this is what I wanted to talk about that it reminded me of. I don't think you've watched Westworld, have you? No, I saw that in your notes. I've never watched Westworld. So... I was I is it a movie or a show it's a tv show and it's on hbo i believe they're on third season just released just i'm still going through it but what it reminds me of it's the same westworld is they're robots like they're created they look exactly and function like a human being you would not know it was a robot it's just a huge and it's a world westworld is a world people go to to be able to do whatever they want they can oh. sleep with anybody. They can kill anybody because they're all robots and it'll start all over the next day. So what happens though is when they, they show the behind the scenes of how the team and the crew has to like repair the robots, work with them on an internal level. And they have a mode where they give them different modes. And there's one mode where they're completely human. It's like everything's been, it's like they're, if they're in danger, then they're freaking out. Like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But then the creator can come and say shut off all whatever term they use all emotions and then their face just drops and they go still but they're still completely interactive in the mind to mm -hmm. answer their questions and stuff okay and it reminds me oh my me god the moral more like the west world has some deep moral shit in it like shit it's really good. You should watch it. It's really, really good. And I have a feeling that I would get very ranty about that show. <laughs> Probably. It, it can be very... Well, the main, the main character is a female and she's one of the robots. And she actually becomes like the hero. She is the hero. But in the first season, it's really, it's really kind of questionable of like the masculine power but you are quickly going to see you got to stick with it and you'll see that there's a deeper message to it but no you i'm not gotta... even going gender here i'm just going humanity no, I like i know it's both it's both Jinkies. It... oh okay i just got goosebumps it's really good i have i have i also have a feeling that'll be a show that i deliberately don't watch because <laughs> i think it might be a very powerful kind of emotional thing for me and I tend to avoid those sometimes with TV. Go for the safe pride and prejudice. Thank you. I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and I'll just sip my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same kind of thing. That's what it reminded me of was that like yeah. how Aunt Paul could do that. Well, she didn't do it. But Gary yeah. and like somehow pulled himself out. And like it's the same. The robots start to learn how mm -hmm. they can like okay. go beyond the control of, of the human. And look, take that into us 
take that into us, you and me, as the robots. Yeah. We've been programmed since birth. Right. In a certain way of behavior. Mm -hmm. And we go on our own spiritual journeys and we start to wake up. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what the metaphor of Westworld is. I don't know if they intended that, if they're aware of what they did. I bet they sounds like they have some really good writers. They have a mate, you know who it is, is JJ Abrams, I believe. I know that name. Lost. He did Lost and the newest Star Wars series that's with Disney. The Mandalorian. He did the Mandalorian. I haven't watched any of those. That's what that's on our watch list though. He's done something else that I haven't seen, but I don't remember what it is. Okay. I mean he's probably done other stuff too, but he's okay. amazing. Cool. Oh, very cool. We've got such a plethora of plethora, plethora, a plethora. That sounds better. It's got such a plethora of like shows and books and entertainment to choose from and really good stuff. Like not crap. You don't, you know, you don't, you're not, you don't have to choose crap all the time because there's nothing to watch. Yeah. There's some good stuff there. Anyway. So Gary, thinks that probably he should tell Aunt Paul, but he doesn't, he just chooses not to. He doesn't know why, but just chooses not to. Yeah. Um, That's when he feels that touch, the touch in his, a corner of his mind. um, Well, he's, yeah, so well, not not yet. He reckons he should, he thinks maybe he should tell Aunt Paul, but that he's not quite asleep, but he doesn't. Mm And then just really patiently starts sort of taking catalog, going through what's happening in all of the ideas and around that decision not to tell Aunt Paul. So it's like truly the observer of his thought processes and awareness. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and then eventually, back in the, the corner, when he's sort of searching around his mind for all of the whys and wherefores, there's the dry voice. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they have the whole conversation. The voice comments, you know, that, you're, well, he says you're finally awake. Yeah. And I, I took that statement really deeply, like, yeah. He's not just awake as in the general use of the term, but he's awakened. Like he's, yeah. you know, like you were saying, his ego is not there at all. It's just him. His higher self is there. And I think I that's know. what he's, the voice is meaning. I, I think it's, he's meaning all of those things at once. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so this is like a threshold moment for Gary. And this is, um, this is a big, like, the stuff that's, that he learns about himself. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't, I don't think that, uh, like, it couldn't have been told to him had his emotional self been switched off. Had he not been in that state of complete observer, he wouldn't have coped with it. This is a big thing to lay on a 15-year-old kid all of this information that's about to come at him, like, is, you know? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It's um, because he, 
Garion says that he thinks part of himself is still asleep, and then the voice tells him that that was the part that was getting in the way. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so I think you know it is, it is important that that part was shut down for mm -hmm. him to be able to get the message clearly without any uh, sword interference. Like, yeah, or alteration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because well, because that's the thing. When we talk about being in your own way, like get out of your own way, this mm -hmm. is what we're talking about. Yeah. This this part of us that filters everything through a certain perspective, which changes like moment to moment. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what gets in the way. Because we, ch we, we get the information, we get the instruction, we get the inspiration, and then we filter it through all of this stuff. Yeah. And it turns into generally something that we're afraid of or that inspires fear because that's where yeah. hum humans generally live. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I realized about when I, I messaged you about it, mm -hmm. that I realized in myself over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was in our group that I posted it. But it is that mm -hmm. the mind, because of the emotional, like I call the emotional pain body, of, yep. it creates all that emotion will just go right up to the mind. And then the mind goes, spits out a story that's not true. Totally. But you, but you believe it completely. And like, oh my God, they're doing this. <laughs> and it's true because my mind said it is. <laughs> and then you go and attack the other person and they're just like, whoa whoa what? what is going on <laughs> i have oh. no idea what you know you just got all so. animated then i love it <laughs> i was visualizing because i actually did that i was visualizing when i did that now i just laughed I'm it was very out. brilliant beautiful those of you who get the video you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, so he asks. Oh, he asks. Gary asks him who he is. Like, who are you? Yes. But the, the voice says, "I don't actually have a name." No. But then they get into this discussion about who it is, who he is. Yeah, he's separate from Gary, and he's not actually part of Gary. And it's like he's. Oh, yes, he, but he's planted himself inside Garion. yeah so i found this a very interesting distinction um because a lot of the conversations i'm having at the moment are about the oneness and being part of the whole and all of that that connection and you know one sister is all sisters mm -hmm. and then before we were talking about how the ego shuts off and then he lifts up into this observer and is still talking that the the voice that we have referred to on other occasions as, oh, especially I think you have his higher self, like, because mm -hmm. that seems to be like the kind of relationship that Gary and Dry Voice have. There's still this separateness. So whilst he's experiencing non-attachment to physical life and emotions, it's not completely non-dualistic. So he's still got this separateness where he is apart from this higher self for want of a better term at the moment. Mm -hmm. I found that interesting. So there's still this kind of, yeah, you know, uh, a hierarchy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
It makes sense. I didn't think about all, all of that, but yeah, it's <laughs> the things I think it about, is, <laughs> it is though. It is because they're still talking about the separateness there. We're quite separate is what he tells them. Yes. You know? Yes. Which, which in the context of this story as a whole <laughs> is very interesting, but we can't talk about that yet. Oh, yes. <laughs> not for a long time <laughs> not for a long time <laughs> we had 10 books to get through 10 oh, out of jeez louise okay <laughs> you're not getting out of this anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> no I, I was thinking about like um that's a long time to wait to be able to know the whole the whole thing <laughs> this is true because <laughs> we're going to have to write chapters <laughs> So a decade from now, we'll be sitting here. To, to I'll have a lot more gray hair. <laughs> She'll go, <Yeah>. finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Garion finds out because he asks the voice what he wants. And he finds out that the voice needs to make things come out the way they're supposed to. I love the way he, the drive voice, the voice explains it so simply and with such a clear metaphor that Garion can really just understand mm -hmm. yeah so he likens it to the, the voices um that he needs to make things come out the way they're supposed to and um he says in a, in a very special way Garion is like um oh no i've skipped over something haven't i well it well, yeah, it talks about, um, you know, he, he needs, the voice says, I need to make things come out the way they're supposed to. I've been doing that for a very long time now. And then as Garion's considering those words, he becomes aware of actually where he's at. And he mm -hmm. starts to see the wailing, he hears the wailing around him mm. and sees these shapes appearing, which was, I love this stuff. I was like, <laughs> I was thinking of you so with a big <laughs> grin on my face while I was reading it, thinking, oh, you're going to be loving this. It's funny that I read it in fiction and I love it. And then it happens in my dream and it feels so real and I absolutely despise it. <laughs> right? Do you despise it or it scares you? It's not, I don't even know if it's scared is the right word. It's disturbed. I get disturbed. Just, and I wake, okay. up, I wake up feeling disturbed. I'm like, do you wake up yeah. feeling, okay, I'm going to get, and I wake specific. up feeling exhausted, Is it disgusted? exhausted or disgusted? No, I don't feel disgusted. It is like a disturbance. It's like a disturbance in the peace that I had built up in the daytime. Oh, it's just annoying. Yeah. And then I go to sleep and all that happens. And then sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it'll just hit me. I'm like, Oh, and I sit there just kind of like, well, that sucks. And oh, then okay. I try to like okay. bring myself back into the body and the presence and fall yeah. back asleep. Yeah. Hoping that my dreams will be more enjoyable, but no, they go right back to like whatever nonsense. So well, uh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what, what it's about. Anyway, you're loving these things that he's seeing flickering all the, the partial yeah. severed heads and blood mm -hmm gore dripping and spears poking and mm -hmm. into all of these phantasms they're not it's <laughs> filmy and not really there yeah I do I do and like the women are all kind of like coming on to them like just kiss me and you know naked the, or half naked yeah but then the sword's right in their gut 
Yep. You know? Yep. yep and I yep. imagine them all like the skin's already all dried up and like sagging and it's just skin. There's no fullness to the body. It's just skin on bones like hanging there. So whenever I picture it, I don't ever see bodies. It's like I can see through them all like that real classic ghost. Yeah. Visualization. Yeah. Okay. I still see the ghost. Yeah. The ghost has the form and the form is that right. you can still make out. Yep. The skin on the bones. Oh, well, see, just I like see you can them. see, just so, like you can see the face. You can yep. see the face with its mouth gaping at him. Mm. So I see it as like beautiful, but with all of the gory stuff. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I envisioned it as just like completely deformed, disgusting, like dead body of a woman coming at him and being like kiss me <laughs> i have no so so darling listeners i have no idea why she dreams the way she does no idea no idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so then they talk about um, <laughs> they talk about gary's like well i'm gonna go mad aren't i this is, this is perfectly fine it's just like a comment and the voice says oh mm -hmm. probably not <laughs> probably not You'll probably see yeah. some stuff that isn't very nice but you'll be fine yeah and i loved this next part like about when he asks him you're very old aren't you and mm -hmm. and he and the voice answers that term doesn't have any meaning in my case yes tell me why that's very interesting to you it just I, to me it just took me back to reading like um a wrinkle in time i still haven't watched um, that oh my god you would love that one there's nothing but like happy lightness in it okay Except for the bit of darkness, but <laughs> we can't. Have, you gotta have a bit of darkness. Don't mind a bit. Yeah, of darkness. it's just a bit. Um, because it's just the those stories that author she's always she's always referencing that fact of time and like you know it's it's not really a thing. It's just mm -hmm. a thing because we created it as a thing mm -hmm. and yep. And that's what this reminds me of. Of you know. He's not old because, well, the voice, the voice is not old because. The term has that, no meaning. Yeah. Like you think of the eternal now. And then we find out that he's, he knew Belgarath when he was a child. Mm -hmm. But didn't have the same relationship as the voice has with Garion. He yeah. was in Belgarath's mind, but Belgarath did not know he's, he was there. Yeah. Which I like, I, I thought that was interesting because it makes me think that Garion, once he does master his skills, will be even more powerful than Belgarath. That's what I think. Because okay. also, the voice also hints at, you know, they've been waiting for Garion all this time. Like everything well, yeah. up to this point has just like, been preparation for Garion. Millions survival. of years, millions and millions of years. Yeah. So, so it would only make sense that Garion is the one with the most power to be able to put everything right. That would make sense. And Garion wants to, well, Garion wants to know why he's different. Why, why, why him? And then the voice starts explaining that something has to be done and Garion's the one who's going to do it. And everything else and everyone else has just been preparation for him, for Garion. Yeah, right. And um, he wants to know, well, what is it I have to do? And the voice is like, well, you'll know. 
when the time's right, but if you knew now, you might be frightened and it would be, make things complicated. And Gary's like, well, why are we talking about it? Right. <laughs> and the voice is like, well, maybe you, if you know why you have to do it, then it will help later when the time comes for you to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like this whole explanation about the universe coming into existence yes. for a reason. Yeah. Um, and it was moving toward, it had a purpose. It was created for a purpose and it was moving toward that purpose smoothly until an event that threw, that created a second, like a second purpose, I guess. So then now there's two end results. So I love, I love thinking about this kind of stuff. So it's like each choice we make splits off into another timeline. I love, like we're talking about time before, love, love, love the idea of the multiverse and parallel worlds and parallel lives and decisions that, you know, every decision we make splinters off into all of these other decisions and each of those splinters off, you know, and we live inside this web of choices that we've made. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So he's just explaining, uh, you know, that I keep saying he, but you know, the voice. Well, I think it's referred to as, he i feel like it's a i don't know but i feel like you know what am i just automatically assigning it a he it always just says the voice and then i just assume maybe it's it's because it's so old and it's not tied into time and space it has no gender it has no yep 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 it it just is it just is the being that is the voice the voice so the voice yes yeah so yeah something Uh, happened in the universe that wasn't supposed to happen wasn't a very big mm -hmm. thing but it threw everything that was supposed to happen into a different course of action and at that moment the voice came into being okay and then he refers to himself as uh the purpose like a purpose so the voice is the purpose. So he, later on, he refers to himself as the awareness of the original purpose of the universe. Okay. So the voice is the voice of the purpose of the universe before the thing happened that turned events. Mm-hmm. So right. it's like the voice is talking from back here in this original space. Whereas Garion's in this offshoot mm-hmm. of other purpose that has come into being because something happened. Okay. Yeah, I understood that. Did you understand that? <laughs> I did. Okay, great. I did. Okay. I got a visual of it. Oh, good. And it's like, so, um, so Garion then sort of comes up with this explanation. So he says, oh, so it's like, when you throw a rock at something but it hit bounces off and hits something else instead like when Darun threw a rock at the crow but it bounced off the tree limb and broke Falador's window mm-hmm. instead and the purpose the voice says exactly you Gary and are the rock that I have thrown this thing happened and sent you off course 
And if I'm really fast, I can throw another rock and knock you back to your original purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty deep. I love it. Don't you love it? Yeah, I do. I like the contrast of that whole conversation. That seems almost peaceful in a way. Mm to the environment that Garyan's actually in that he'll yeah. as he's listening to all this and then he'll kind of pop back into and like witness all the stuff but then yeah. not react to it and it's almost like when you're really in touch with that place nothing can even that kind of demon stuff cannot affect you we are in the zen conversation today aren't we i love this conversation i love it that's it's yeah. a, it's such a beautiful metaphor this whole chapter listeners if you haven't read this chapter for a while go and read it like if you are just a lover of the stories you know them by heart and you haven't been reading just go in and read chapter what are we in five chapter five of magician's gambit and let yourself have a little bit of a expanded mind moment and see where it takes you because damn yeah and and so Garion confirms that if he can't fulfill what he needs to that that Aldor's window is going to get broken basically Correct. going back to the metaphor so yes. the original purpose of the universe will not be fulfilled correct and the whole reason the universe came into existence will fail yeah so and um know. the voice doesn't know if garion will succeed the voice knows what is supposed to happen not what will happen and that yeah. is a very interesting sentence mm -hmm. <laughs> right did we talk about this already you and i, I are you I having like... are you having a, a deja vu yeah i feel like we talked about this line specifically no, we haven't. That's so strange. Oh, okay. Where's the line? I want to find it. So um, it talks about how long ago was this? Was it when this started? Before the world was made, even before the gods? Mm, Will I, I succeed? Garion asked. I don't know, the voice replied. I know what's supposed to happen, not what will. Then, and yeah. then he says there's something else you need to know. When the mistake occurred, so he calls the event that happened that threw things off balance a mistake, which, oh, my God, everyone, it, it ties in so perfectly to this other work I'm doing with Goddess Kindle Miracles that talks about mistakes in a very particular way. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. just, you know, is perfect. And so now that the mistake has occurred, there are two separate lines of possibility. So this life that Garion is living has two possibility, possible outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. And then Garion's observation that now there's another awareness because of this other possibility. Correct. I missed that the first time reading this through and it just jumped at me right here. Uh-huh. In the voice even comments of that he's you're even brighter than i thought 
Mm. And the other awareness would want things to keep going wrong. Right. So this other awareness, I wonder if it's connected to Torak or something. Well, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thought. And I guess I that this awareness has latched on to Garion. Yeah. I wonder if the other awareness has latched on to anybody. Well, it would make sense that mm -hmm. there would be a mirror, you know, yeah. if to, to create that balance. Right. And to me, it would make sense that, that um, maybe not Torak, but like, who's the one that's running around that they're running after? Ktuchik. Yeah. Or Zayda. Zayda is like Belgarath's yeah. opposite. And Ktuchik is the um, Grolem uh, high priest who has the orb at the moment. Mm -hmm. So if it was really going to be a mirror, it would be Ktuchik because it wouldn't be Zadar who's on the level of Belgarath. It would be the one that's below, seemingly below. Uh-huh. Okay. Like, um, I just would say at this moment, and I'm sure our audience is out there going, Echoing my thought, trust your intuition, young Padawan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was interesting. I, I didn't pick that up the first time. Mm -hmm. And so um, Gary wants to know what will happen if he, you know, if he fails. And it's a very simple answer. The universe will cease to exist. Everything will stop if he fails. But that itself, I think, is an interesting statement. Does the awareness mean that it will cease to exist because it was the original purpose and this other purpose, if Garion fails, will have essentially one and it will become now the purpose of the universe? It'll just start over in its own creation. So, so in his saying, you know, everything will cease to exist. Perhaps, yes, in this particular purpose, because that particular purpose will be no more. It will be this other purpose will be the purpose of the universe and there will still be existence. It will just be without the original purpose. Did that make sense? Yeah. It did to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can see my hand gestures and my, you know. <laughs> I talk a lot with my hands, audience. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so that makes sense that um, Gary doesn't want to fail. Like, he's seeing the importance of not failing at this now. Mm. And so he's asking, like, what do I need to do? Yeah. And that's where the voice explains to him the importance of mastering his abilities yeah. of his powers. Yeah, and that's him... why Aunt Paul and Mr. Wolf have been trying to teach you. And you've been a little stubborn about it at times. You've been a little you know. shit about it. Right. So I think Gary moving forward is going to, it'll be interesting to see how he is after this. Yeah, I think it'll be more cooperative yeah if not more wise even just in his general interactions maybe although once our once our 
ego and emotions re-engage, we tend to do some really stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, so you basically stop fighting, do your lessons. And then the voice disappears and um, the ghosts start clustering around them thickly and beckoning and calling. And then Garen starts to hear, like be more focused on Paul and Wolf's conversation. Mm -hmm. Paul observes that there are a lot, like a disproportionate amount of women in the race. And Wolf sort of says, you know, we get a little bit about Marags and Marigor here, you know, every eight out of nine births or nine out of 10 births was a woman, was a female. And so, you know, they, their, their ideas of uh, morality and marriage and stuff was not what other races thought of as normal. They had their own society and it functioned very well. Paul gets a bit prudish here. You can see her pursing mm -hmm. her lips and mm -hmm. because he's, she sort of throws a, a, a snarky comment in there. Oh, well, I imagine you found, found that very, you know, entertaining or whatever to wolf and um he gets really um he feels really gentle when he talks about them actually you know like really you know how sometimes even though he's so old he gets this really deep sort of very big kindness and softness about him when he talks mm -hmm. about something well that's how it feels to me like because he has such a long view on everything yeah um, he's not so judgmental is it is it Aunt Paul assuming he's talking about like there would be like five women to every man or something? Is that that's so, the interpretation well, I was getting? Yeah. So when just, when um it's like polygamy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So like there was not like a, a marriage between two people. They just had a society that functioned. It doesn't really get specific. Paul sort of says, well, you know, there's a, what about the cannibalism? <laughs> and, uh -huh. and, and Wolf is, it's so wonderful. Wolf's like, well, that was just a mistake. <laughs> Someone misinterpreted a sacred text. They didn't do it because they like enjoyed the taste. <laughs> um, you know, they were really gentle and kind and open and, and, and they enjoyed their life. They were very honest. I really liked them. So you know, if it hadn't been because of the gold here, they probably would have worked out that other, you know, the cannibalism thing. And then as soon as Garion sort of remembers all of the gold stories, he sees some in a river that they're crossing, in a stream that they're crossing. And as soon as he sees the gold, the next time a ghost appears in front of him, beautiful woman, with a big cut up her abdomen, she's like, you ripped, don't you think I'm beautiful? Then rips her guts open and spills her guts on the bank of the stream. And Gary and gags. And that's if, like, he starts to react. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that connection. Because the voice tells him, don't think about the gold. The ghosts come at you through your greed. So it's thinking about the gold that makes you go mad. Like the ghosts okay. won't bother you if you're not, if your intentions are pure and you're not after the gold. Metaphor, <laughs> metaphor, rich metaphor. Oh, I love it. 
Yeah, so they just talk a little bit more about, you know, the culture of the Marags and... The, the one other thing that I will bring up while we're talking about the culture is it, it, it will sort of says, yeah, it's always been the problem with gold. It seems to attract the worst kind of people, the Tolnedrans in this case. Mm-hmm. So I think that if we looked at the map, Tolnedra and Marigor share a border. And we have established before that Tolnedrans kind of worship money and wealth and status. Mm-hmm. And so it's insinuated here, Paul says they were trying to stamp out the cannibalism. So it's insinuated that the Tolnedrans were coming over with the idea that they're, they're teaching these people or getting rid of the cannibalism or punishing them or whatever. And Wolf's opinion is, well, you know, wonder how serious they would have been about all that and how concerned they would have been if there hadn't been gold lying everywhere. And mm-hmm. so that's just kind of important. And it speaks to why Sinedra was so terrified about coming in. So Tolnidra, she is from Tolnidra. Yes, she's the princess. Okay. Yeah, that's the stuff I have a hard time keeping track of who's from where and all that. Yeah, so does that make sense now why she was so scared? Or not quite? No. (laughs) Okay. No, no, it's okay. I mean, I have all of the story in my head, so I need to know where you're at. Yeah, I don't know why she'd be scared with them. She wasn't part of, you know, I mean, the okay. Tunisians, they're saying the Tunisians were some of the greedy ones coming to try to get the gold from them, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't see how she's connected. I mean, it's her people, but I don't, okay. I feel like that, the way I see it is all that happened before she was even born. That's yep. why I'm envisioning it right now. Okay. Okay, cool. So, okay, great. Great, great. We'll talk more about this next week. Okay. And then Wolf says, he sort of listens, lifts, sort of lifts his face to listen to a particularly dreadful wail because all of this wailing that they started hearing before they crossed into Marigold is really getting very, very loud now. And Wolf says, I wish he wouldn't scream so loud. Mm-hmm. So I assumed he was talking about Mara. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. And then Paul spots some people, like some real people, ahead mm-hmm. and tells Wolf, you know, over there, there's people, a procession of robed and hooded figures. Mm. So they're the chanting monks. Chanting in unison. Yeah. The monks yeah. from Martaran. And um, there's another little comment here, Tolnidra's conscience. You know, they aren't anything to worry about. They just try and they're just, I don't think that, I think that's all that's said about them here. I'm just being very careful. No spoilers. Okay. Yep. That's all that's said about them. Mm -hmm. And then they were right at the end of the chapter now. And basically one of the monks spots them and comes racing towards them saying, go back, go back save yourselves you approach the very center of the horror Mm -hmm. mar amon lies just beyond that hill 
and Mara himself rages through its haunted streets. That's the right. last paragraph. Yeah. It's good. Ooh, what do you think? I liked it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just that kind of, and I don't know, like it's, it, it runs in our family too, that we were, as kids, we're always drawn to like the ghost stories and the, the horror stuff that we shouldn't be watching, but we like, secretly wanted to watch. And, you know, and I think part of it is just nostalgia for me going back to. Really? When we, well, it was like bonding for us as kids, like with my yeah. cousin. It just takes me back to the, you know, the nights we'd, we couldn't sleep because we'd scared ourselves too much. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I tell yeah. you, I, I've never been into it. I've never been into horror stories, um, scary stories, I, never, ever, ever. I don't like watching them anymore at all. You don't? No. And I don't read horror books, but it, when it pops up in the fantasy yeah. for me is when I'm really drawn to it. Okay, it's a slightly different context then because you've got all of the esoteric stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. That gives you depth. It's not just a jump scare. Yeah, and I think as, as kids, that's what the part we were drawn to in it, at least for some of us. Others were just, others of us were just strange. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I, I see it myself definitely, and, I, and my cousin to the... the composer mm. both of us are definitely were drawn to it because of we were looking for that higher the spiritual other, aspect the other side that we didn't it. get out of the catholic church yeah um and now we've both found it in different ways know. yeah so it makes sense yeah but it's, it's funny like i have no interest it, i really get very frightened when i watch horror movies yeah. with, with my wife like oh she thinks it's hilarious because i scream and jump and she says it's like watching in 4d because i provide all of the like the real like i practically climb on top of her head trying to get away from things i cry because i'm so scared yeah I so do i that. really I... don't i really don't enjoy that feeling of tension in my body and yet the work i do is really really shadow work like that is where I excel, taking people and sitting with them inside all of that really dark stuff. Mm -hmm. I think the, the difference is in those horror movies that I also, um, I'm that person that I, I would be the one to be like you watching a movie like that. And then I've been with somebody who also would get enjoyment out of like finding it humorous yes. that I would be doing that. And almost they wanted to watch it with me because they wanted to experience because they don't get affected by it. Yeah, so then they would feed my energy and they would get excitement from my energy. And I'm like, no, 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 but I don't, nope. We're no. done doing that. We are done. Um, but what I think is the difference in the movies and stuff is that the shadow work is is pure. Yeah. The the dimension of the horror and the movies comes out of the egoic mind of those who twist it into all of yeah. this just it's just wrong. Maybe it's the wrongness <laughs> that I react to. Like Yeah, I think so too. Because now I can actually sit through and I don't choose to usually, 
but when I see if I see like a preview or a trailer or something that's a horror mm. you know it doesn't get into me like it used to I can mm. watch it and and see the flaw for what it is I'm like that's not even that's not even no, a thing. oh my god even thinking about it I can like I can I feel constricted. I, can't, I just look away. I can't. Like an example would be The Ring, the movie The Ring. Did you ever see that? No, of course I didn't. Okay. Well, I did. And it was one that I, I literally was changed for a while after watching it. But now I could see myself sitting through it mm. and being level through it because I would see the flaw in it. I would see that that's only happening because you're inside your mind. You're you're allowing it to happen because you put, you know. Well, I tell you, um, I saw the trailer for The Grudge, and I that one too. That one too. I what? It, it freaked <laughs> me the fuck out. And see the trailer. I see. I look at that stuff now. Like the the little girl demented. No, bending. stop! I can't. No, 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 no. You just did the action with your arm. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'll I'll vomit or something. No. I just I just see it as that's somebody's ego pouring into yeah a shadow right there. That's yeah. and it's just not real anymore to me. All right. <sighs> okay. <laughs> So we'll this is on. a very in-depth episode. I know. Go us. The, the contrast of the shadow and the light and the how <laughs> they actually mix together. And yeah. It's fascinating. I love oh, this. Is, uh, I hope everyone's loving our conversation as much as we are. <laughs> now Sandra's squirming in her chair. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, that's... Yeah. I guess I'm realizing actually how i i can dement miss my own mind and well we all can that we totally all can that's the whole that's the problem isn't it that's the mistake we make from the original purpose of the universe we make this mistake we just imagine an entire world that doesn't exist except in our minds yeah yeah what is your magic from the chapter see what did I put Gary and being awake but his emotions emotions are still asleep yeah like because it reminded me so much of Westworld and I just loved the parallel of that like two completely this was written how long oh, yeah. ago decades and it was a book and Westworld is just straight to a show same message mm-hmm. and it was only made like five years ago well, the thing is that this is these are archetypal stories that we're talking about. So, yeah. you know, they, they've been retold and will be retold in, in many forms forever. Well, what's probably. fascinating is that when you become aware or awake or whatever you want to call it, you see that it's an archetypal story, yes, but in those archetypal stories, the truth is there. Oh, yeah. That's Always. the whole point of the story, to take us you know, further along our path towards our truth. Yeah. And I feel like so some people, some writers and creators aren't aware that that's the message they're putting into it. But well, it's still you being know what? channeled through them. Yeah. Uh, no, and totally right. And I don't think it's important at all. No, no. 
but it's just interesting um, you know, like, that it still comes through them even yes. if they're not aware that it is and that's the way it works like the voice was in Belgorath's mind working through him he didn't know it was there mm-hmm. yeah it's so cool the Belgariad lessons for life people <laughs> yes how is your magic? Okay, so mine was the same. Garion being a waking up. Well, it's slightly different. Garion waking up inside the dream and able to converse with the dry voice for all of the reasons that we have had in depth discussions about in this chapter. Um, I love that. I love this conversation. Yes. If any and listeners, if any of you want to have these kinds of conversations, come into the public page, start a chat, you know, start a comment in there. Uh, be aware that it's public. Patrons come into the private group, start a conversation about anything that you know sparks for you or you want to explore further. Yeah. Happy to have more than happy to have those conversations. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right. Real life relating. Okay, so my personal insight, my real life relating, is ca- carrying on from the magic, you know, waking up inside the dream. Garion's able to converse with the dry voice. And that's what it feels like when I go into meditation and meet with the guide. You know, I use guide as a general term for the deliverer of whatever insight or truth you know, comes to me in that other place while I'm in that meditative space. Mm-hmm. Um, so for personal work, per, for, you know, for my own, my own insight and growth, or if I'm working with a client and going into to, to work with them on an energetic level, and that's what it's like. I have a conversation just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was like Gerian how he's facing these demons, but he's not having any emotional reaction to them. Mm. I just call them demons, but I think they're more like ghosts. But No, no, it's fine. Um, it just brought up something for me of like, well, well, as far as my dreams and stuff go too, but mm. also metaphorical demons in our lives mm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If you can face them without the emotional reaction, yeah, then that's when they stop having power over you right? That's how they dissolve is that you are become aware of them without reacting to them. Mm-hmm. That's how you stop fueling them. That's just, you just put the whole chapter into two sentences. Well done. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just yeah. thought, well, maybe I can apply this to my dreams and other little demons there. Oh, in that's my interesting. Daily life. If you do, let us know if you think of it. Well, what it reminded me of I just thought of this is because um, I'm a huge Eckhart Tolle uh, consumer yeah. of all of his yes, stuff. You like, are. Yeah, so he actually talks about this mm. being, uh, what's, how does he phrase it? To be when something happens that would normally trigger you, mm-hmm. you know, when you can get to the place where they're, you're non reactive, mm-hmm. instead you just, it like the the event or person or whatever pushes you into the awareness deeper and you become the observer of the whole thing mm-hmm. to where you, you just don't react mm-hmm. that's how you bring presence into you but also to the circumstance or the person that you're with mm-hmm. yep 
Yes, you become the light then shining, like it comes into you and amplifies and then comes back out into the world. Yeah, and like the whole kind of situation just dissolves itself and you don't have to do anything. Non-resistance at work. Right. Yeah, that's how I I resolved that that I put in the group earlier. Yeah, very nice. Oh, okay. So uh, Prophecy Speaks. excited about this part but I'm (laughs) more so this time after the conversation we just had okay great okay so uh I am looking for a status update because I think that I've done really well thinking back to last week's question and all my control dramas and dilemmas around my daughters and knowing what's best for everyone in general because I do you know try not to do that so much And so I just want a status update for my non-meddling relaxation of control issues, specifically around my daughters. (laughs) I feel like it's it's going well, but, you know, I'd like to know if I'm just kidding myself or what. All right. And what is the book? The book I'm using is called Taipei. It's it's by Tao Lin. Tao Lin. Don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry if I got it wrong. I think it's Dao. Yeah, T-A-O is usually mm-hmm. Dao. Because I know that Dao Da Ching is a mm-hmm. do do but it's spelled with a T-T-T-T. Right. Anyway, Taipei. Paul felt like parts of his and Laura's bodies as they stood on the front stoop, hugging tightly under one umbrella, waiting for Walter's car, were oppositely charged magnets covered with thick velvet. Hmm. Paul crawled into Walter's car's back seat, spilling red wine, unable to find the cork. He wrapped the bottle in a plastic bag. He faced ahead, seated between two people, and realised no one had cared or noticed at all, it seemed, about the wine. Paul thought, I'm in hell, when people began to loudly mimic the guitar parts of the Led Zeppelin playing from a tape deck, resulting mostly in demonic sounding noises and a kind of metallic nightmarish screeching. Paul couldn't discern if they did this regularly or if it had just been improvised. Ambien has a negative effect on music for me, he thought. (laughs) Okay, let me just have a little think about this. Okay, so I'm not feeling that same very tight connection that I used to feel. I'm feeling like this kind of uh, space, like two negatively charged magnets coming back. Yes, that makes sense. And what I'm doing is only being noticed by me. It's only a big fucking deal to me. The red wine, no one else can see the wine that I've spilled. No one else can, is, is bothered whether I find the cork or not. It's just mm-hmm. my own thing. And everyone else is having a lovely time singing Led Zeppelin and just partying on. Yeah. 
and I'm the one watching the party going well I'm not affected <laughs> you know? uh -huh. just kind of observing what's going on so I will take that as I'm doing pretty well what do you yeah, think I think so mm -hmm. and now I really yeah, want to read this book because that was hilarious <laughs> yeah I wasn't expecting that kind of a the <laughs> title of, I don't know I guess it just says Taipei so who knows that's good. Yeah, I think that's a positive one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, all right. I've been putting this one off. I was going to do it last week and I changed it last minute. Because I have brought this up frequently, but I think I'm in a, a different place with how I'm approaching it. Um, whereas before I would, I would turmoil over it. I'm not really doing that, but I, I'm asking for direction. And don't and worry is... about asking for direction about the same question. Because every time you ask it, you are in a different space. Right. And you interpret the prophecy differently, depending on where you are in your own head. And so you don't ever have to worry about that. It's not boring. It actually is an interesting story that continues. Yeah. Well, I was putting it off more just for my own personal reasons, <laughs> of, you know, but I want, I want to reconcile the conflict I feel with business marketing, right? Because I had already reconciled it with me and my personal business. I had decided social media was not my way to do any kind of marketing. Mm -hmm. And now that we are getting ready to launch our turtle sea books yeah we have been working with somebody who is trying to help us figure out how to market our business but what happened is i ended up being the one who started communicating with her because christy was overwhelmed with course creation mm -hmm. but christy is a lot like me in the marketing space and in our perspective so it's it's good that we're on the same page, but now I need, I need to reconcile this conflict of everybody saying to me, just like this person who's helping us is saying to me, you have to market your business because otherwise people won't know you're there. But then I come back to, but what about the art of no action or right action? Most people aren't aware of this, existence in the universe that if you are just connected to source and you only take the action that feels right and when it feels right mm -hmm. in that right? current moment right when you are inspired to take it yes so my challenge is marketing never feels right to me <laughs> it just never does you know and what i feel like your challenge is hmm. can i can i do you mind yeah. I feel like your challenge is trusting yourself. Uh -huh. Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see that for sure. Um, it's it's come up for me in another area really a lot too. Oh, okay. This trust thing. Okay. And well, this will be an interesting reading then. Yeah, so my, but my question is, okay, Marketing doesn't ever feel right to me, but I'm told it's necessary to run a business. 
And I say I'm told that because I don't know if I actually believe it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my question is, is it really true that it's necessary? Okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> I'm using The Art of Dreaming by Carlos Castaneda, since dreams are prevalent for me right now. I never finished this book, but let me see. Sorcerers, in contrast, are relatively free from heavy binding emotions because of their recapitulation. And if something stops them, as it has stopped you at this moment, the assumption is that there still is something in them that is not quite clear. To recapitulate is to involving Don Juan. Maybe there is something else I can do instead. No, there isn't. Recapitulating and dreaming go hand in hand. As we regurgitate our lives, we get more and more airborne. Don Juan had to give me very detailed and explicit instructions about the recapitulation. It consisted of reliving the totality of one's life experiences by remembering every possible minute detail of them. He saw the recapitulation as the essence, essential factor in a dreamer's redefinition and redeployment of energy. The recapitulation sets free energy imprisoned within us. And without this liberated energy, dreaming is not possible. Okay. Wow. So um, just quickly, to recapitulate, the definition of it is to oh, retell or restate briefly. Okay. To give a new form or expression to. Okay. To repeat the principal stages or phases of a process. Hmm. Interesting. And he's, okay, so this is like the teacher talking to the student saying, starting with sorcerers are relatively free from heavy binding emotions because of their recapitulation. <laughs> if something stops them, it, stops, it has stopped you, as it has stopped you at this moment, the assumption there is still something in them that is not quite clear. Mm -hmm. So if you, uh, if something is not clear, you can't recapitulate. You can't retell it or restate it because you don't have a clear idea of it. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's easy for sorcerers is because. Can you read that first bit again? I had it before. Sorcerers, in contrast, are relatively free from heavy binding emotions because of their recapitulation. Yeah. So they understand something, they can give it new form, express it in a new way. But as Garion was without the emotional. <laughs> Tell me this isn't tied in. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like it's there, but I can't grab it. Just, uh, it's okay, just sit with it. I can edit out the silence. Is it really true that marketing is necessary to run a business? 
what I'm getting is because every time I try to go and do the marketing piece, I stop myself because it doesn't feel right. And I'm trying to figure out if that's my own issue I need to sort through and just do the marketing or if it's stopping me because there's truth to not doing it. <laughs> that's what's confusing to me. Okay. And I don't know which one it is. Well, I see you as the, with the sorcerer, mm. the almost sorcerer, mm -hmm. who can do this in her own form. So you can take all of the knowledge you have. You have a quite a large amount of knowledge about what you should do, mm -hmm. about how it works in quotation marks about copy and what sells and what is the right yeah. way to say something to engage someone you know all of that you have it so internalized that it's ridiculous you don't need another person telling you that you know it already what you don't have is tr the trust in yourself as the wizard as the sorcerer to recapitulate what you know in the form that works for you mm. That's it. That's what I was trying to get. Did I help? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad because Christine and I are going to talk about this this afternoon. And I want to, I want to talk to her about that whole thing because it is, it's, yep. and I think she agrees. Sweetie, what you I've, know and I, all this. You know it backwards. Yeah. I know I do. And that's why when she had initially said to even have someone help us, I was kind of like, no, yeah. but like, then did, yeah, you, there's you, still enough doubt there to be like, yeah, Maybe. I know, I know. <laughs> but you can take all of this and make it what you want it to be. Like what you and Kristen, right. what you resonate. Don't fight that. Yeah. Go yeah. into it and take all of this stuff and distill it into the way that works for you. Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i'm gonna do okay the We're first okay. one say you do not need to do that yeah just be you do not, not need to be and you know yeah. what the beautiful thing about life is if you discover that you made a mistake it's just a mistake and you do something different yeah i just don't want to do it the way everyone else says i need to do it i don't want to do it it doesn't feel you've good tried, to me. If you try, you've tried a number of times. You've tried yeah. and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. You are very stubborn about this particular thing, woman. I know. I know. Because everybody is out there saying you have to do it. Stop that like, shit. And it's hard to quiet all of that when everybody is screaming at you and to say, you're wrong because I have this inner knowing. It's not easy. <laughs> I know. I know. Because they'll call you crazy. Yeah. Yes, I've been called crazy most of my life. I'm okay with that now. But I am 40. How old am I? 46 or 47? Something like that. <laughs> uh, when is your, you're going to be 47. No. No, I'm I just turned 47. I'm thinking of my other friend. She's. I'm definitely 47. I just turned 36. I was born in 1972. Someone do a sum. I can't work it out anymore. 
Oh, you're 12 years older than me then. I'm 36. I'm old. So you're baby. 47. You're 47, 47. You're turning 48 this year. Jesus Christ. That's a bit old. No. Okay. Who cares about numbers, right? Oh, I don't care. I just get excited when I find new gray hairs. I've got my hair cut really short and I got all this like grays. Like I, I flick this little bit up here at the side. I'm like, oh, gray. Everyone hey, can see my gray. It's very cute. Almost like Aunt Paul's patch. I do. I'm, like, I'm growing, I'm growing a pulse, a, a pul pulgara stripe. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I'm almost all gray, but mine's not. It doesn't look cool like that. It's you just don't like, have gray hair. Where's the gray? I color, I color it. Oh, I haven't colored my hair if in I, years. If Decades. I let it grow out, it yeah. would be highlighted in gray. <gasps> yeah. I kind of, I really like that. I'm a fan. I am a fan of grays. I'm a fan of Somebody crow's feet. Else. I'm a fan of little fine lines. Fan, fan, fan. Yeah, someone else just told me that too. Like, aren't the best characters the ones with the white hair? And they're still love, young and they have the white hair. I just love. I mean, I, was, I know that I'm not old, but I love getting older. I love everything about it. Yeah, I'm embracing that too. It's just the gray hairs. I can't. I can't yet. I'm only That's 36. Okay. That's okay, sweetheart. You don't have you don't have to die. <laughs> in 10 years, if it was happening, I'd probably embrace it, but I'm still in my 30s. It's like it's early. It's so early. Well, I just got the name of I just got the name of this week's episode. <laughs> what is it? Gonna make a note of that. Oh. <laughs> I'll see it tomorrow when I put it on Instagram. Yes, you will. <laughs> we need a hashtag. We need a hashtag. We need a hashtag. We need a hashtag. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> compulsions and robots okay so darling listeners we are at the end of our episode if you are still here you love us and we love you and if you would like to use the hashtag compulsions and robots you will find us on facebook and instagram at bill Garriard and beyond you will find all the extended show notes and you know, use the hashtag. That would be fun. That would be great. Do that. You'll find all the extended show notes and links to all the things on our website, belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. So head over there and check it out. I usually put a few extra little thingies, videos and stuff, and sign up for our mailing list while you're there. I don't send out mega bunches of emails. You'll get a reminder about the episode every week and, you know, extra things when we have any extra things happening yeah so don't be worried about being spammed you won't be and um you can leave a voice message for us also which is a lot of fun and there's a link in the show notes the extended show notes for you to do that and this show is an indie production and the best way for you to support it is to become a patron 
um, you can get access to a bon two bonus episodes of Before the Show and full uncut video episodes where you get to peek behind the curtain <laughs> at all of our stuff, see all of our facial expressions and all of my hand talking and Alicia's very adorable facial expressions. And <laughs> you can find out more about that at patreon.com slash Belgariot and beyond. There will be a link in the show notes. And even some of my crying sessions before the show. Yes. As was pointed out. Before the show is is like the way that we talk, but more. Uh, yes. <laughs> and that's actually um, uh, like a, its own little podcast thread. So you get a private podcast thread with these extra episodes in. Yeah. But anyway, that's us for this week. Yes. Thank you for an amazing conversation. I have had so much fun. This is a great episode. I can't wait to edit it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a good one. I might have to, I haven't been listening back to them all lately, but I think I might this one. I get seriously so much out of them, especially the, like, like all the, it's just in general, but the prophecy stuff, especially like a day later after it's all settled down I'll listen to it again and go how did I miss that like that's so <laughs> obvious yeah right so, anyway yeah we'll be in your ears again next week darlings mm -hmm. bye guys mm -hmm.